Welcome back to the Get Clear with Crystal Ware podcast. Today is a really exciting day because we are live in studio with Leslie Denby, and we don't have a lot of opportunities to do that. We are really excited to welcome Leslie. She is the founder of DYI Define Your Inspiration, an activewear and streetwear apparel company based right here in the one and only Houston, Texas. She is a Texas Christian alumnus, majored in fashion merchandising, and went to New York City to intern with the one and only Chanel. She ended up taking a job in New York and worked there for several years before she decided it was too much like the Devil Wears Prada and ultimately moved back to Houston. After moving back, she joined her brother, who was the CEO and founder of Define Mind and Body Wellness Studios, where she became a fitness instructor and their retail buyer. In that process, they created their own unique pieces and created DYI, ultimately deciding that they were gonna spin that out and Leslie became the CEO. So that was more than 10 years ago now. Wow, <laughs> longevity, amazing. And they've grown into a full line of activewear, streetwear, and even white label for many, many companies that you would know about. So I'm so excited to talk to Leslie, to hear about her story, to hear about the creation of this wonderful brand and everything that goes along with it. So thank you so much for sharing your time with us, Leslie, and thank you for being here. Absolutely. I'm so happy to be here. And this is my first podcast ever. So thank you for having me today. Yes. I'm excited to chat. It will be amazing. So we will dive right in. And I want to know, going right to the beginning, starting with Chanel, how was your experience? <laughs> I mean, people are really going to want to know that legendary brand. What was it like working with Chanel? Well, it was an amazing experience. Um, so I interned at Chanel. So it was in between my junior and senior year in college. So TCU, Texas Christian, has a really awesome fashion merchandising program. And they really, you know, have these relationships with these companies. So, I mean, my friends that were in New York City with me, they were um, interning with YSL. Um, gosh, I mean, Louis Vuitton. There were so many brands that work directly with TCU. So um, it was really cool. I, I had to interview with several different houses, fashion houses, and um, was chosen by Chanel. And so that was, I, I think I went there like during my spring break of my junior year. And then I interned that whole entire summer from um, in between my junior and senior year. And yeah, I mean, you know, it was definitely kind of a devil wears Prada type of experience, just like you mentioned. Um, I mean, I was working in their PR department. So um, we did all kinds of things from, there were four other interns with me. So we were all kind of like in this intern room working together and we would pull accessories and bags and jackets and dresses and different things for different photo shoots or fashion shows. Or like, for example, I remember Nicole Kidman needed a dress to the MTV Awards. So we had to go down to our closet and pick out a bunch of things for her. Then we wrap up the dress and ship it to her. Um, I mean, it was, it was a, a dream come true kind of experience for someone who went to school in fashion. Um, and, you know, I can't, I, it was, I, I will never forget that experience. And, you know, in terms of just kind of the devil wears Prada thing, definitely, you know, the, the New York fashion vibe was, was there for sure. Um, which gave me a lot of insight into what I wanted to do moving forward. <laughs> yeah. And when you say, you know, you're at the back of the house, kind of, I remember in law school, I was interning at one point and we had this black hallway and it was really a hallway where they lined up computers. There was like three or four of us. And then we switched on and off with other days. I mean, is that what it was? Oh, you were just totally. kind of like in a tiny. Yes, we were, there were four of us in a tiny little room, definitely in the back. Um, and so we looked up to all the ladies that were, you know, in the front of the office and got to, you know, understand all of the ins and outs of what goes into the fashion industry and the PR industry and just a big, huge fashion house like Chanel. And um, yeah, it was it was an amazing experience. But of course, you're not paid like very much at all. And so living in New York and doing that was a challenge for sure. You know, 
Um, and New York, just in general, just the lifestyle there is a very different kind of thing. But it was an experience that I'll never forget. And I hope that my girls are able to do something like that. Yeah. I mean, and sometimes that's what you do, right? You just have these once of a lifetime kind of experiences and they lead you to the next opportunity and thing you want to do. So yeah. ultimately, when you graduated, what did you go on to do? Right. So the whole I finished my summer internship and um, that next year I finished school and my brother was going to be moving back. He, he was going to be moving to New York City. So I wanted to go back. I had a great time and I wanted to live with my brother. He was looking for an apartment. And so him and I, we've always been best friends. And um, so I wanted to go back. So we looked for an apartment and um I began the whole interview process again and um, worked there for a year in New York City and was did my thing there and was really ready to come back home. It was it's an experience that, you know, I, I wanted to do, but I, truly I'm a Texas girl, I think. <laughs> yeah. So is that ultimately what brought you back the lifestyle? Um, what was your decision making well, process about that? I mean, tr truly New York City it's an expensive city. And, you know, in the fashion industry, I wasn't making a whole lot. And so I feel like if I could go back now, I'd totally conquer that city. But at the time, you know, you're living on peanuts, basically. And you're, you know, I mean, I remember a time when, you know, I only had a certain amount in my bank account, and it was snowing. And I, you know, was in a cab because it was snowing, and I didn't want to be walking in the freezing cold. And, um, I remember thinking like, I only have this much in my bank account. I can't get the whole way back to my apartment because I don't have enough money in my account. So I remember telling the cab driver like, sir, I need to get out now. Like, please let me out on the corner and had to walk the rest of the way home in New York oh, City. No. So it's kind of like, okay, like I, I, I think I want like air conditioning and my own car again. And there's just things in New York that you don't have and you don't, you know, there's so many stories I could tell you about just living in New York and how it's, it's, it can be a challenge, especially when you don't have the, the funds to, to make it convenient. Yeah. I mean, I tell people that, you know, I've worked internationally and ac across the U.S. with different people. And I say that regularly, that like when you come from Houston, it's very difficult to think about going to other large cities, whether they're in the U.S. or whether they're international cities. I mean, if you go to London, if you go to Mexico City, if you go to Paris, if you go to Singapore, these are all extremely expensive cities to live in where you can get amazing work experience. But how do you have the foresight to think about that temporary pain that you're experiencing and how to get through that to, you know, meet your ultimate goals? And there's so many avenues to create the life that you want and the life that, you know, is going to be the one that you already always dreamed of. Um, and sometimes it just doesn't make sense to put yourself in those those places if ultimately that's not going to be where you want to go. Right, right. No, and I, I knew all along I really didn't want to be there for a very long time. Um, and so it was just a good experience for me to get, you know, my fashion, um, you know, see some of that that fashion, the fashion houses and how fashion shows go. You don't get to see some of that kind of stuff in Houston or maybe even Dallas, really, you know, yeah. in the fashion industry. So there's kind of only, you know, New York and L.A. to see some of that kind of stuff. So when you came back to Texas, what did you immediately go to work with your um, with Define or were you working no. kind of in corporate America? Right. So I came back and I did not move back to Houston. I actually moved to Dallas and I lived in Dallas for almost nine years after after um, I was in New York and um, was more so in the corporate industry there. I worked in fashion. I worked for um, a company who does merchandising for large stores. So merchandising for JCPenney or Dillard's or Macy's or, you know, not as, as extravagant as Chanel, <laughs> but um, we did all of the merchandising for, for big department stores and like Academy, places like that. Yeah. yeah. And so what was your takeaway from working in, although still in the industry you, you know, went to school for, but really more in corporate America, what was your takeaway? What was your experience? Oh, man. Um, I think that for me, I did not love corporate America just because I'm I'm more of an entrepreneur. You know, I like flexibility. I like um 
I was not made <laughs> to be in corporate America. And I think that's ultimately why I have my own business today is that um, it just, you know, it was what got me through my 20s. And I really did realize, though, that's not what I wanted to do and was really thankful that some shifts were happening. And I moved back to Houston. And that's when I started working for Divine. So did you come to Houston to work with your brother and work with Define, or did you come to Houston because ultimately you thought you would want to be in Houston? So I actually met my husband now mm -hmm. in Dallas, and um, I didn't meet him until my late 20s. So I met him when I was about 29, and luckily he was from Houston too. And uh, yeah, we, we were like, what are we doing in Dallas? Let's go back home. So um, I've, I also knew eventually I would wanted to be back closer to my family. Um, my brother, my sister, all of their families, my mom and dad are here and his parents are here. So it just made more sense for us to, to go back home. And actually his job transferred him to Houston and that's what brought us back. And um, yeah, at that time, my brother was in the midst of opening up Define Body and Mind in, um, Oh, gosh, 2009, I think. So that's that's what brought me back. And for those that don't know, Define Body and Mind uh, is a fitness studio uh, here in Houston. And I think it grew to other places. But it was yes. it was essentially a boutique, um, upscale, really awesome um, fitness studio uh, that had been go gaining great brand awareness and a great following at that time. Yeah. Um, so you came home, you worked yes. for him yes. and what led really ultimately, what, where did the idea for DYI, the apparel piece come from? Right. So, um, yeah, he was, he was open. He was, you know, moving and growing quickly. Um, for me, it was the first time that I did not have a job, you know, for a while. And so really what I was doing was going in and taking classes from him and, um, enjoying life there for a little bit when we moved back to Houston. And um, then I started, I started teaching classes there and he was really needing help as he was growing. Um, he grew from like one, two, three and four studios like very quickly and needed some help with his retail operations. So um, asked me to help be the buyer for his retail locations. And so it just kind of happened organically and it was really fun for me because it was something, you know, not only was I not back in the New York kind of like Devil Wears Prada fashion kind of thing, I was doing some of the fashion stuff that I love, but in an environment that was super positive um, and that I, you know, I was getting to like work out was just something I've always been really, you know, involved with um, and just staying healthy, you know, like in a healthy place. And so it was kind of like combining the best of all both worlds and, um, so I helped him for several years and DYI, he actually came up with the name. So, so a lot of people think I did, but actually it was my brother who, who had define your inspiration as, as a name that he wanted to use. And I thought, okay, well, why don't we start making some apparel? Just kind of like, you know, one of those light bulb kind of moments, like this is what we should do with this name that you have. Um, and so it really was kind of a, it was a collaboration between him and I, and um, um, that's that's really where the name came up with, came from, but Define Your Inspiration was really all about um, doing what was right for you and your body. So um, in your mind, you know, there was no, there wasn't like a diet that Define followed. There wasn't, you know, um, an exercise philosophy that they had, it was more so like doing what was right for you and your body and your mind. So um, we wanted to take that message and put it behind an apparel brand to, you know, have that positive and inspiring message behind the product. And it still rings so true because define your inspiration. I mean, when we think about where we are in culture and life today, where it's so much pushed at you in social media, on TV, in the news, and more, 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 more is not necessarily better. We're caught in this hustle culture mm -hmm. that I think is really problematic to some degree. Um, unless we step back and define for ourselves, and this is what I talk to women a lot about, is defining for yourself what is enough, what are you working towards, what are your real goals, where are you going? 
if you don't define your own inspiration, if you don't define what is enough for you and what your lifestyle is going to be about, you're just going to be stuck in this rat race going, going, going for no real apparent reason. And more is not always better. And so that is what really, you know, ultimately Leslie and I were talking about is when we were talking about her coming on the podcast is how much that still resonates today and has so much bearing even more so in the world where we are and aligns so much with the messages that I want to talk about. So I just think that was like so fantastic. The name is amazing. Um, so sharing that and getting that out with the audience so people can really resonate with that. I think that's going to go a long way because yeah. there's so much to that name. I just think it is incredible, not just for branding and marketing, but for everything that it stands for. No, you're absolutely right. So that's excellent. So originally you were a buyer and then you guys came up with this idea and where along the way did you guys decide like, we're not going to buy other, um, you know, products from other people, let's create our own. It, it was something I wanted to do. I mean, I, I think a long time ago you asked me just how I got started and I've always been a creative person. I always, you know, even when I was little, I was, um, my mom would always tell me that I would come downstairs and tell her about like some dress that I designed in my dreams. And I would do that often. And it's funny because my, one of my girls does that now. And I'm like, Oh, I wonder if she has, I wonder if she has the same thing. Um, but anyway, I was always doing stuff like that as a kid, you know, tie dyeing t-shirts and cutting up t-shirts and, you know, trying to make my own clothes and things like that. Um, so I think it just was something obviously that was inside, you know, a passion of mine for a long time. And so, yeah, I think it finally, I was at a place where I felt really good w with Define and my surroundings and the environment. And it was like, okay, well, let's bring my strengths, you know, what I've always wanted to do kind of into this fitness world. And, you know, my brother has these stores. So it just kind of was made sense. Just want to pause and say thank you to all the amazing people tuning in and making this show a success. And to share some exciting scoop. I am opening up for the first time ever one-on-one -on -one coaching. We have two options available, the Executive Edge two-week program and the Career Catalyst six-week program, which will use my proprietary Earn It framework. If you're ready to propel your professional journey, crush your salary goals, or need someone to coach you through a big career decision, let's conquer it together. Limited spots for unlimited empowerment. Links to sign up will be in the show notes and in the link tree on my Instagram and LinkedIn site. See you there. In my mind, and I think a lot of people probably listening in their minds, a lot of your buyers, um, people that love DIY, you know, when you think about the business aspect of that, it seems like such a leap, right? You're going from buying retail, stocking, you know, some leggings, some, uh, you know, water bottles, miscellaneous things in the stores to creating a product line. I know for <laughs> you with your background, that's not such a leap, but really how did you get started on like, we're starting from ground zero. How do I get my patterns? How do I get material? How do I find a place to manufacture? Right. I mean, in my mind, it's like phew, so right. much going on with that. <laughs> so for people out there that may be thinking about, I want to start a business. I want it. I have these other initiatives. There's these things that I long to do, but it seems overwhelming. Right. How did you one mentally, you know, go forward with that? But two, how did you do the practical processes and figuring that out? Yeah. Well, I mean, Again, I think that, you know, me being who I am and also my parents were a big, were very big role models for us as we were growing up. Um, my dad is an entrepreneur. Well, my mom is a fancy, fancy fashion lady, so she's very much into fashion. <laughs> um, and my dad is an entrepreneur and owns businesses. And, um, you know, I saw from him, he was always taking things to the next level. So I don't think that, you know, um, I think I, I was I grew up with that. So it wasn't just out of the blue. Um, but really, you know, it, it wish that people could see how, how things work. Cause it's not an easy process. You know, it was, 
um, really hard work, you know, and it's researching and not giving up, you know, and, and put, getting focused on what you want to do, what you want to make. And I got super focused on, on that goal. And so I didn't stop, you know, I went forward with, um, um, going to fabric shows in Los Angeles. Like that was the very first thing that I did. And I remember my mom came with me and we were just, you know, that's, that's the first thing I did. I went and I looked around, um, fabric shows in Los Angeles and, um, you just start connecting with other people. Uh, and that's really, you know, how I got started. I met somebody there who helps startups get started with designs. And then I, you know, met a pattern maker over time and I was going back and forth to Los Angeles for a long time, which was not ideal, you know, at all, especially being newly married. Um, so that's really kind of what brought me back to Houston, you know, and realizing that there were so many great people in Houston. There's such a diverse group of people in Houston that do so many different things like sewing and cutting. And, and I just started learning. And I, I mean, it had to have been a God thing too. People just kind of popped up in, into my life, a pattern maker. Um, but yeah, I learned a little bit about, about the process by being in LA and getting started there. And then, um, you know, I just took some of those pieces and I brought, brought it to Houston. Yeah. And I love what you said there, because sometimes when things are meant to be, they come together easily. If you're seeing or feeling a lot of friction, what I feel like personally is that's probably a sign that you maybe are straying off the way that you should be going Yeah, because at times things are going to align when you're in the right place. And I do believe God puts us in the right place with the right opportunities at the right time. That's really important for people to understand. The other thing is, did you find that people really wanted to help you when you started getting out there and asking questions that people were helpful and that it wasn't like too scary? People were very helpful. So I think it's all about, you know, just asking and connecting. And um, I mean, let me tell you, it was not just this easy process. I mean, just the first, our very first collection, I told you, we, we had a designer um, consulting firm that was helping me at first. We got like 12 styles done. We did our production. And honestly, it wasn't that good. You know, I brought it to Define. I was so excited about it. And there were problems, you know, and my brother was going, I don't know if I want to do this. Like, I don't like fashion. I don't know if this is going to sell, you know. Um, the fabric wasn't fantastic. The thread wasn't right. You know, there were problems. It was not easy, but, and that's really when it was like, okay, well, why don't you continue focusing on your fitness studios and let me do this? I'm going to put all my energy and effort into this and, um, make it work. And so it didn't just happen easily, you know, and that's what I want also your listeners to understand is that there were bumps along the road that I had to just keep on moving through and, you know, I went back to Los Angeles and I went to that fabric, you know, textile show and I was like, okay, I, I like this. I don't like this. You know, it's just trial and error is really what I went through. And, um, it really was when I brought everything back to Houston and, and started meeting some people here that have some of those pattern making skills that things started to happen a bit faster because I was able to touch and feel the product right there in front of me and yes. make decisions quickly on what I wanted to do. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just also don't give up. Like you're going to have problems. It's not easy, but just keep on, keep on moving forward. Yes, friends, this has been over 10 years. So when you see people that are successful, that's what we always have to remember. It almost never is an overnight success. There are those people, but they could have been cultivating these skills. Like I, I like to align it to, I just started reading this book series and this author that has this amazing, you know, she's like mid thirties and she has sold, you know, millions and millions of copies. But when I started digging down into her story, she started writing stories and self-publishing at 16. Yeah. So you think like, this is my big series. This is my breakthrough. This came so easily. It's your first thing. No, almost every time there is this whole backstory of what's going on, um, for most people. So that is really great to highlight, but the key is that you kept going and that you, you know, ask the right questions, that you engage the right people. And that while it is scary, especially for women, women seem to really not want to ask for help a lot of times mm -hmm. um, or, you know, press forward or, you know, think that 
the confidence can be an issue, all these things that go along with us as women, um, that people really do want to help a lot of times. And that's what I found in, you know, the various different industries that I've been involved with is that once you start asking, um, things come together, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think that you start asking and you start trying to figure out what the problems are and then identifying the solutions. And you have to make decisions as well. You know, you can't just, you can go back and forth and go back and forth, but you really have to make decisions. And, you know, to be honest, I, there were so many times I wanted to quit after I thought, okay, well, I guess that wasn't good. You know, maybe I should just close up shop. But, um, that is when I met a life coach (laughs) and she like really helped me kind of turn my mindset around. And so that's another thing that helped me so much was that mindset, you know, and really having talking to someone. So asking for help, but also, you know, talking to someone to t- walk and investing through. in yourself. Absolutely. I mean, that is really what kicked off my business is after, you know, I felt like a failure and it was, you know, not going well. She helped me. She helped me change my mindset, which was then put me on the next path of, okay, here's the next phase. We're going to go, we're going to start doing this. So, um, yeah, I mean, she was amazing. I mean, gosh, I would share her information with anyone. She'd be more than happy to talk to any of your listeners. Um, but yeah, she really helps you to balance the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual sides of your life. And, um, there were, are, you know, ups and downs and it's a continual process. And I never stop working on those four things. Um, because one day the physical will be really good and the mental is really bad. Are your relationships, the emotional side, you know, your relationships are struggling, but you know, your spiritual path is going well. So there's things, you know, along the way that she's taught me and tools that really have helped and helped me kick off the next phase of, of DYI. Yeah, well, that is actually not a pre-planned segue, but such a good segue to my next question is during your um, your business tenure, you know, did you ever experience imposter syndrome? Um, totally. I mean, 100%. Yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, I was kind of even thinking like, what exactly is imposter syndrome? Just to define it for your listeners. Tell me. So, I mean, it, it's mostly about like feeling not good enough. Yep. Um, what else? Not feeling like you belong, not feeling like you should be the CEO, the head of a Absolutely. business, running an organization. Like you don't have the experience, you don't have the knowledge, you're not good enough, you're not creative enough. <laughs> Those kind of thought yes. processes. Oh my gosh, of course. And yes, I think that is so important to tell people is that if I had let that stop me, you know, what a waste, what a waste of my talents. And so I think um, I 100% had imposter syndrome feelings often. And um, she, the, the, the life coach really helped me uh, kind of get past that because it's all about the beliefs and ideas that you have about yourself. Um, and so if you change those beliefs and really understand where they're coming from, then you can get past it. And that's on the physical, emotional, spiritual, and mental side. So there's not a time where I'm, you know, doing great on all four of those, but you can focus on, you know, what you want to do, what's holding you back, and why is it holding you back? And then changing those beliefs, uh, those limiting beliefs to get yourself through what you really are meant to be doing. Yeah. I call them the stories that you tell yourself, the stories that you tell yourself about your about yourself and that those are so natural that you have to replace them with a new story or you fall back into the old pattern of thinking, which is very, very difficult. Um, And I think that it's important for people to hear from a successful um, entrepreneurs, business, you know, corporate women, whatever industry you're in that you see and hear that um, because yeah. it affects everybody, even the most successful people. I mean, I know I've heard Sarah Blakely talk about that. Um, I just read a quote the other day um, about a new shark coming on Shark Tank and Damon Johns told him, 
if you're here, you're meant to be here. So don't ask yourself, right. why am I here? Am I good enough to be here? No, you're already here. Right. So that should be the proof to you that you are good enough. If you're going to the conferences, if you're buying the fabrics, like you are where you're yes. supposed to be. You're oh, not yeah, in no, the wrong sure, place. For sure. I mean, there was one thing I kept telling myself. Like, well, there's all these other brands that I admire and I'm not, you know, creating as cool of things as they are. But what she helped me understand was that if you're able to identify cool, like something that looks cool or, you know, something that means you already have it in you, you know. And so just put put what you want down and make it authentic. And, you know, it just is it, there's such a small little shift that's made by talking to someone like that. And so that's really what it's all about is just making those small little shifts in your in your mind and and keep pushing forward. And before we move on from that, you touched upon again, one of the other things I wanted to highlight is that you said you got really, really focused. So when you are making the original and maybe even your second, third run at making um, patterns and pieces, how focused were you? I mean, what, like how many sets of things were you working on? Well, I think the first collection, I think was maybe 12 pieces. But I also got focused on our fit and our fabric. So that was kind of, that was the key piece is that if you don't want to wear something all day long and it doesn't feel good or you don't feel like you look good in it, I mean, then kind of what was the point, you know? And that was, I'm all into comfort. So um, that was huge for me is I was focused on comfort. So I was looking at other brands that were really focused on style and I felt like, okay, well, you know, I'm, I don't know if I can be that edgy or that, you know, this or that. And it was really all about, well, what do I want? What would I like? What? And so the comfort and the fit were what were so important to me. And I think that's where I got really focused. And um, yeah, there were, there was Lululemon. There were other brands that were much bigger that were very comfortable, but I think a lot of the others were becoming like really edgy. And I knew that I wanted to focus on that, the comfort and the fit and the fabric. And um, that's kind of that that's where you need to get focused on what are you trying to do and mm -hmm. what are you making? Because um, that is how we've now been established because people know us for our fit and our fabrics and our comfort. And so that's that's what you need to get focused on is what are you what hole are you trying to fill in the market? Yep. And I think that's really important for people to understand because it's not like you weren't focused on doing other things or marketing or branding or things that needed to be done. But at the beginning of a business, you really do. And I think that is the consensus of all the books I've read on business, all the self-help, all this growth books. You know, when you're looking at working on a business, you have to get focused on the outset and really find, I don't want to say niche because that it's almost trite. Like people talk about, you need a niche down, you need a niche down. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, you weren't so, so, so niche, but comfort, longevity, I mean, that is a niche in of, of itself. And I think that's important to, for people to remember is that you got to be focused on something or people aren't going to know you for right. anything. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, and then it, it just kind of grew from there. So we focused on that we, you know, all the problems that I told you about earlier, the fabric and the thread and all that stuff that we had worked on, we finally found, you know, what we needed to do. And then we knew that, or I knew I didn't want to be flying back and forth to Los Angeles all the time. I had, I had just like, I was pregnant with my first and, um, I started touring facilities, you know, buildings in the area thinking, okay, I need, I'm not flying to Los Angeles anymore. They, we are in Houston, Texas. There is a wealth of you know, diversity here in this town, like we can do this here. So um, I started touring and looking at buildings and um, looking online, different, you know, people started saying they could sew samples, you know, it just kind of happens. And um, if you look for it, you know, if you look for it and you keep going and you have those thoughts in the middle of the night, like, okay, that's someone poking you, you know, like, here's what you need to do next. Or, you know, your intuition's telling you, like, this is keep, keep going, keep moving forward. So I ended up bringing, um, I started sampling here in Houston. And over time, you know, I bought a couple machines, um, sewing machines. And um, then we just, we, we started, I, I hired a sales rep. 
And I just said, start knocking on every door that you can find that wants yoga pants and sports bras. And it was just her and I and a couple people in a warehouse and she did an amazing job. And it spread word of mouth really first because the product. So the product we got right. And then we started, you know, selling. And then we started manufacturing in Houston. So that's that's really how it got started. Yeah, well, and I think the other critical component to what you just said and what I heard, but I wanna make it really clear for everybody listening is being open-minded. Because in the industry, Houston is not known to be a merchandising haven. Houston is not known to be a fashion capital. So the fact that you did that, it was kind of against the grain, but you were really open-minded to what was going to work for you, what was going to work for your lifestyle. And it's really worked out for the reasons that you mentioned, you know, that you could touch new things, you could try new things, that it was really convenient. You didn't have to wait for production to be done for you to try it out yourself, to see, feel, touch, have other people look at. Um, And I think that's a credit to being open-minded. A lot of times we get ideas in our head that this is the way things have to be Mm -hmm. and staying open-minded to opportunities that present themselves and align with what you're trying to achieve is so, so important. I also think of it as the power of the pivot. The power of the pivot moving from LA to Houston really has been so critical for your success and your personal happiness and lifestyle. Exactly. Because so. you really start to find the people that are in your, you know, niche, niche. Um, and so that's, that's what happened. And, and people just started coming, you know, it's, it just once you once you start digging, then people around you start popping up. So what do you think was the biggest breakthrough for DYI? Oh, my gosh, I there, there have been so many stages that I don't know if there's one of the biggest. Um, but I mean, for sure, the the moving to Houston, I think that was huge. That was one of the biggest and first breakthroughs because um, at that time, you know, the fitness industry was growing really fast, mm-hmm. and you know, there was a studio on every corner. Um, we, you know, started selling into pure bars and bar threes and bar methods and all the defines and. There were so many other little smaller boutique shops that we started in selling into. Um, and it was fantastic because, you know, there were, you know, people across the nation started hearing about DYI and um, we started to grow really fast. And um, one wonderful thing about being in Houston and controlling the process and the manufacturing was that we could get goods to them fast. So, you know, if they were ordering from like a Lululemon or an Aloe Yoga before, we could come in and we we were able to ship really quickly. So if they couldn't get goods from one of the bigger brands, we, we could, we could deliver to them. And so we could turn product quickly. Um, and that was huge for us because at that time, speed to market was a big deal. Um, we could, we could do our own printing. You know, I could change directions at the drop of a hat and say, like, I don't want that anymore. Let's do this. This is what's trending. Um, that was another thing. Trends just changing so fast. So having that control here in Houston, that was huge. And um, that was probably one of the biggest and first breakthroughs. And of course, like, gosh, I mean, throughout the pandemic, there's been many other breakthroughs um, that I've had. But I think that's having that control over the manufacturing was probably the biggest thing. Yeah. So that, you know, then we did have the pandemic and that changed the way fitness went. That changed so many things about our lives. What did that do to your business? And then, you know, how did you come full circle? Because I know now you're really ramped up and going again. So tell us about that whole journey since the pandemic. Okay. Um, gosh, yes, it has <laughs> been a, an extremely crazy couple of years. Um, well, so, so DYI was mostly a wholesale business, um, up until 2020. So, you know, what I've been saying is we've started shipping all over the place. We had our own manufacturing. We had this overhead, um, this building, these employees, we were selling to big brands in 2019, like SoulCycle and Peloton and, um, you know, all the corporate bar studios, so what they would do is they would purchase for all of their stores, 
um, branded gear. So even though it had DYI in the back of a pant, they would logo the legging. And that was just kind of like a big deal for so many stores across the nation. And so we really got heavily involved in that type of business. And we were private labeling a lot for people. Um, so I just want everyone to understand, like I was very much wholesale and not um, online in 2019. And Instagram, you know, everything started blowing up in 2019. And, and we really probably should have made a bigger move to direct to consumer, which is the online side. Um, but we, we didn't. Um, and so, you know, when the pandemic came, it was tough, you know, immediately wholesalers were canceling their orders and it was crazy. You know, I was just going, Oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Like, this is, this is not good. I mean, but immediately like just things switched to online. I mean, I mean, remember like people were shopping like crazy online. Mm -hmm. They were sitting at home and they were wearing activewear. So that was good for us. We survived 2020 because, um, people were going crazy online. I don't think people even realize like how much people were shopping. I mean, our sales went through the roof online. I mean, like I can't even tell you how much like the, the percentage and growth we saw, but it was like a thousand and fifteen percent or something like that online. So, you know, the revenue continued, um, but we had to switch gears, you know, c completely. We had to get into social media. We had to get into, you know, photography that we really didn't know how to do. Um, so many things that we had to just um, brush up the way we looked on the outside because from a wholesale, wholesale perspective, it was very B2B. So we weren't, you know, doing a lot of that kind of, you know, direct to consumer kind of thing that you have to do when you have an online store. So, um, yeah, that, that, that was 2020. We hired a bunch of people to help us, you know, look a little better in terms of our photography. And then, um, we were, we had signed a lease, a retail lease in January of 2020. So of course, you know, my heart was dropping when the pandemic happened, like, oh my gosh, are we going to be able to do this? You know, are we going to survive? Um, and we just had to continue pushing forward with the retail location, not knowing if it was going to work or not. Um, and then 2021 came around and things started off not so great in 2021. If you remember in Houston, the freeze that happened, the February. Yep. What, what, what did people call it? It was the like, what was it I called? can't even remember now, but like, like snowpocalypse snow, or snow, something. Snowmageddon or something. So that happened. So it, the 2021 changed people because people were tired of the pandemic. The mood of the country was not that great. Um, we started seeing sales decline. We had our store opening. It just things were not moving the direction that I wanted them to. We thought that our wholesale customers would start coming back. You know, the vaccine was going to be coming out and we thought, OK, maybe our wholesalers will start coming back. Well, that really didn't happen for a long time. And, you know, think about the, the kinds of stores that we were selling to. They were studios, you know, like Define Body and Mind, where people didn't want to go in store. You know, they didn't want their only limited space. You know, everyone was six feet apart. So it just started hurting businesses over time. And then, of course, you know, the biggest issue was in the summer when we ran into the supply chain issues. So, you know, when you're a manufacturer or you're counting on goods or supplies like thread to make a pant or buttons or zippers and things like that, and they, they're sitting in the USA ports, it really hurt. It really hurt us very, very badly. And I mean, it was like basically like screws popping out everywhere, like all over the place. And, um, it was, it was, it was a challenging time very much so. So, um, yeah, we, we had to quickly move out of our warehouse. We had to close our retail store. Um, and our warehouse at the time was 21,000 square feet. So it was, it took, you know, 10 weeks plus for us to get everything moved and then find a building. And, um, then of course, like none of our, not all of our inventory would fit into the new building. 
And um, yeah, it was, a, it was a mess. It was a mess for so many different businesses. So yeah, I mean, I think that was, that was very challenging and it's taken a long time for it to really kind of bounce back just starting to now. Yeah. And so through all of that, what do you think were the characteristics that really pushed you forward and kept you going? Um, I think the kind of like never give up mentality. I mean, there are people counting on you when you're an entrepreneur to pay them. Um, so that, you know, that, that is a big thing that keeps you going for the other people that you're, you're working with. Um, but I think it's just never giving up, um, making hard decisions when you have to and not feeling, you know, I mean, there are people that didn't understand, you know, we had to lay people off. Um, we had to, you know, understanding what, how you need to make those adjustments and fast. And, you know, a lot of times as women, I think that that's hard, you know, that's very hard. And if, you know, that was probably one of the biggest challenges was being a boss during all of this time frame because, you know, I am a compassionate person, but you also, you know, have to look at profitability. You have to um, do what's best for the company, you know, at that point in time when, when things are not going the way they need to go. And I think that's, that was very hard for me to um, have to do some of that kind of stuff. So that was probably one of the biggest challenges through the pandemic was, you know, laying people off and, you know, not having to pivot, like you're saying, the pivot, what did, what did you call it? The power of the pivot. The power <laughs> of the pivot. And oh my gosh, we pivoted many times. <laughs> and staying flexible. I mean, you just got to stay flexible. And if you're not flexible, if you're not open to the changing economics, to the changing environment, that's where you see businesses fail or that's where you see your career dying on the vine. Like you have to stay open to opportunity and stay flexible. So with all of that, and here you are now, what is it? 12 years, 13 years running? 10, actually 10 years. Okay. So, so it was 2013. 2013. Okay. So now we've been through COVID. We've been through so many different experiences. What is next for DYI? Any big news, anything <laughs> coming, anything interesting that we can share with everybody? Yeah. So, um, you know, I think I lost a lot of my gusto, you know, during this time frame when things were not going great. Uh, you know, I have three kids now and, um, they, you know, it was, it was tough, but I was able to kind of slow down a little bit through this time and try to let go of pleasing everybody, you know, that I was trying to please. I was trying to keep all the staff on board. I was trying to, you know, please my family. I was trying to, you know, all, all the stuff. And I was able to, to, make those hard decisions back off a little bit in 2022. And, um, I realized that I really do love this. You know, I really do like what I do and I don't want to stop and I see the potential and I, you know, you've just got to understand and get through something like a global pandemic, you know, just get through those hard times and make the cuts that you need to make. Um, and, and take a step back and realize what it is that you love to do. And that's what I realized that I loved doing this and I can't stop. Like I, I kept doing, you know, little things the whole entire time. And I realized how much I love, you know, working on this kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, little by little, I was able to get things cleaned up and focus on what I love to do. And I don't have all of this huge overhead anymore. So the pressures kind of come down a little bit. I was able to reorganize um, our manufacturing. And so we're still doing um, a lot of the manufacturing. We're just, they're not working for me full time. So we have this like the, a great group um, of seamstresses that are still working for me, but they're on contract. So I'm not employing them um, full time anymore. Um, so yeah, we, we just, you know, realigned everything and it's so great to see things coming back. So online is going really well and um, our wholesale customers are coming back for the first time in 2023. Um, so that's been really exciting to see because it's just, 
not giving up hope, you know, like don't give up hope, like it will get better and don't, don't give up hope. That's, that's been really, you know, a powerful thing for me. Um, and yeah, you know, what's been really fun is that my brother and I, you know, he went through so many things with define body and mind. And so, you know, while we, you know, started doing our own things, we've now really been able to come back together and we, like have been best friends for our entire life. And so we're starting to work on some things together. Um, so that's exciting. And then, you know, he has a store in River Oak still. He has one store left and we're about to open up a pop-up shop there. So I did close my um, store in MKT, but um, we're gonna be reopening a pop-up in his location. So that's exciting. And um, I'm back in charge now. So you'll get to see like some of the new styles. Like we haven't had prints in three years just because we didn't have access to the same supply chain and you know, all that stuff. But yeah, new product coming out, the pop-up shops coming, um, online store. We were starting to hire back, you know, we just hired a stylist who's going to be helping me on some projects. We have a couple live selling events, which are going to be really fun. Um, we're going to be like live selling to all of our customers across the nation in Houston at the pop-up shop. Um, so they're just lots of fun things. Like we're feeling energized now and, um, you know, ready, ready to get the show on the road. Well, I love it. I'm so excited to see what else is going on. You guys, this has been fabulous. Thank you so much for coming on Leslie and sharing your story. It is so meaningful to everybody to see a successful, amazing, wonderful, woman, female entrepreneur going through hard times, going through good times, staying with us. So you guys can visit shopdyi.com. Information about the pop-ups will be there, everything else, all of the product and blogs. And we may be collaborating on something fun in the near future. So definitely check it out, stay in touch and keep getting clear on your goals. Everything that you want and hope and dream of is within you. God has put it all there for you. So just keep getting clear on what you want to do. Be open to the power of the pivot and your dream life will be at your fingertips before you know it. Until next time, we'll see you later. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you want to create a career you love, get the salary you deserve, and build the confidence to live life on your own terms, sign up for my free newsletter where you'll get actionable tips to raise your worth, build your wealth, create freedom, and create a life you absolutely love. Head over to crystalwaremedia.com to sign up or click the link in the show notes and join thousands of others making their dreams a reality. Whether you're just embarking on the journey or well on your way, the Worthful newsletter has something for you. See you next week.